0: I used to think I just don't know why am I not finding it within myself to do it I want Mm -hmm. to do it but I just it just wasn't clicking and for me it's just got to start right in in your head until you've had that head click moment you can't then control the sort of physical urges that you're having.
1: Welcome back to Head Right Out, episode 16. And if you're new here, hello, <laughs> this is great to have you here. I hope you'll be back for more listens. And remember, because it's episode 16, there's another 15 episodes before this for you to listen to. Now, before we head into today's conversation, a little reminder, please, about the Sports Podcast Awards. Head Right Out was nominated and then shortlisted in the Best urban and adventure category and this is where I need you because this is now down to a public vote please please take a couple of minutes to head over to sportspodcastawards.com register if you haven't registered to vote already you need to just pop in an email address to do that and then go to the categories click on best urban and adventure and click on the red button to vote for your favorite and that's where hopefully you'll choose to head right out If you could take a moment to do this, I would be so grateful. Thank you. The support of the listeners has just been phenomenal. I've had so many messages from people saying how the conversations that they've heard on the podcast has helped them. Somebody else sent me a message saying she was utterly addicted and she binge listened to all 15 episodes and it's building momentum. And that's really heartening. It's it's really positive for Head Right Out. So yes, please, if you could go and vote for Head Right Out in the Sports Podcast Awards, that would be wonderful. Do stay to the end of the episode because we have a, a great Head Right Out moment which whisks us away to the southwest coast path and as a lot of you will know that's where my journey started 11 years ago now so yes i have a very fond attachment to the southwest coast path today's conversation is with maria roberts and it's so compelling so moving and utterly inspiring the place maria is in now is far removed from where she was a few years ago both mentally and physically. Now, I've got to say here, this is a trigger warning for anyone with an eating disorder or mental health issues surrounding body confidence or weight loss. Please, if you don't feel in the right headspace to listen to this today, save it for another day or just skip to the next episode and when episode 17 comes out next week, get back on track with that. But this is a very honest episode. Maria's lifetime of self-loathing has finally broken into her beaming into her glorious 50s. She says herself, it's no longer about a weight loss journey. The number on the scales isn't important anymore. It's about the responsibility, the responsibility to herself, to her family, and the responsibility to society to be healthy and well. Let's go and listen to the conversation. Okay, well, we are here today with a lady who I met in a coffee shop in Crick Howell in, here in South Wales. And it was just one of those chance meetings we were introduced. And I am so delighted that she agreed there and then to come on the podcast. Her name is Maria Roberts. She is 51 years old and a critical care nurse by clinical background, but she's currently working in healthcare quality and safety. She's married and has a daughter who is now 20 years old. Now She was overweight since her childhood and has been on a cycle of diets from around the age of 10 years old. Mm-hmm. While she had some success, she never kept the weight off, a cycle too many people are familiar with. She was feeling the physical effects of being overweight and was full of self-loathing and low confidence related to her size but she struggled to break the self-destructive cycle. In December 2017, Maria had a wake-up call. Now she has found a new zest for life and has been inspired to get fit and get outdoors. Wow. Maria, welcome to Head Right Out. Thank you.
0: Good to be here.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. So, yes, so we met. We met in Crick Howell. We had both been on navigation days. and uh, I mean, they were just amazing. Before we go in, into that particular side of things, I would just like you to tell me something true about yourself that no one believes, or at least no one believes, when you first
0: tell them. Um, people who I meet now struggle to believe that I've lost uh, over eight stone in weight um oh. so that is is something that when people see a photograph of me as I was to what I look like now I have people doing doing double takes I have people who who I did know then who will walk past me now because they don't realize it's me so people that actually were connected
1: to you personally connected to you and they don't recognize you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How does that feel? How does that make you feel?
0: Uh, I'm getting used to it now because I've been able to maintain my weight loss since June 2019. On on the whole, I mean, it goes up and down a little mm. bit. That's natural. But on the whole, I've I've kept the weight off. Well, sometimes I struggle to recognise myself. I could look at I could go past a shop window, for example, and catch my reflection and not realise mm. it was me. It's a very strange thing to see yourself transforming because your mind's eye sees you as you were, and so it's like having to sort of rehabilitate your mind almost. I can but imagine yeah. it, it's yeah. a very peculiar thing.
1: Mm, I can imagine, I on a very much smaller scale, I can relate to that in some way, because when I came back off the Southwest Coast path 10 years ago, I'd walked for seven weeks and dropped two dress sizes in that time. So I I left a size 12 to 14 and I came back a size eight to 10. And that was just in seven weeks. And I was walking past shop windows, just like you in pool shopping center. And I did a double take and I thought, who is that? And, And then I realized that students from the school where I was working were spotting me and doing double takes. And and one of them came over to me and said, Miss, what's happened? (laughs) So yeah, it is a strange feeling. Now, from my point of view, I I actually ended up struggling with the loss of identity because all of my clothes, I mean, mine wasn't a planned weight loss, but all of the loss of my clothes that no longer fitted me, that was the loss of my identity as well. So all of the colors and the fashions, the styles that I loved, I s- suddenly couldn't wear and I ended up going back to school in my 16-year-old daughter's clothes. <laughs> but I mean, obviously for you, it was something that you had chosen to do. So I don't know how gradual this was or how how quickly it happened for you, but how did you get used to that um, re-identifying with yourself and, and finding yourself a new style and a new you? How did you manage that?
0: I think because when you're in a situation where you're very overweight and you know that it's harming not only you, but it's compromising people around you. In my family, for example, it restricted things that we could do. So I was in the situation that I knew that I needed to do something about it. And Mm. I was... I just absolutely detested shopping for clothes and things like that I never I've never been clothes shopping with well I can think of one occasion actually where I've been clothes shopping with with a friend because I just found the experience humiliating where people could pick up you know size 12 14 whatever and the size I needed didn't exist in those sorts of shops mm. and I just I just found it humiliating going to look for my wedding dress I went on my own you know th- things like that having a hen do and I, I never did it because I just I just didn't I feel I could so I feel like I've I've missed out on so many things mm. over the years I wasn't even at my biggest then that's the thing oh, wow. and so I, I was resorting to catalogue shopping online, and just basically wearing what I thought would fit. So I wasn't wearing things that I liked. I wasn't wearing colourful clothing or things that I was drawn to. I, I just had to go with being practical. Mm. Yeah, so. and,
1: and you said, you know, in your bio, you like a lot of other people, you're in a self-destructive cycle that you then just can't get out of what did that cycle involve? Was there comfort eating, for example, or destructive self-talk? What, what was happening for you?
0: Um, I ate if I was happy. I ate if I was sad. I ate if I was angry. Just any any emotion, it was an excuse either to comfort myself or to, to give myself a pat on the back. So I just always used food in that way. And I Recognized that I I was a feeder as well, in that I was kind of giving food to other people, because it was kind of another opportunity. As if someone else had done well in something, I was feeding them, and mm. it was an opportunity for me to to join in the festivities. It was ridiculous, really, but it's it's addictive behaviors, it's addictive foods, and then it, it's alcohol as well. Just mm. consuming empty calories. It's just habitual destructive behaviours, and even though you know that you're, you've got no sense of moderation. But it was, I was just like a bottomless pit. You, you just couldn't fill me up. Mm. I would always find room for more. And I guess
1: if even though you know at some point you know that what you're doing is harmful, I'd imagine there's there comes a point where you're thinking, oh well, what the heck? It's <laughs> it's not going to do any good so so you just carry on doing it but the
0: problem just feels so overwhelming Mm. that you just think how can I possibly deal with this you know I I, I mean I was I was 18 stone one at my largest and I was thinking you know really I I need to probably lose eight stone I thought oh my goodness how how just how you see kind of slimming magazines and there's stories of people who've done it. And and I used to think, I just don't know. I, why am I not finding it within myself to do it? I want Mm -hmm. to do it, but I just, it just wasn't clicking. And for me, it's just got to start right in, in your head until you've had that head click moment. You can't then control the sort of the physical urges that you're having to fill yourself with the the sugary, fatty, rubbishy foods that you've been feeding yourself. So
1: what was that head click moment then? where, Where did that change suddenly shift for you?
0: It had been building up for me where I knew that I was at my largest and I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm kind of in size 26 trousers now having bigger tops to try and cover up um you know in sort of shapeless tunics and and just thinking like I'm literally going to run out of places where I can shop for clothes and I thought what on earth am I going to do and so I was sort of reaching a particular point of despair with myself getting really angry with myself that I I couldn't seem to do it So I knew that I was sort of building up to a point of wanting to to go to a slimming group because I've done that before. It does work for me. It helps me with keeping myself accountable for myself. But it was really then in December 2017 when my mother became ill and um, she was diagnosed with a terminal condition. And I just thought... It was just like a bit of a watershed moment, really. And I thought to myself, she's going to need me. I have a sister. She lives in London. And so, you know, she's not around the corner. My mother's 20 minutes away from me. And I thought she's going to need me. My dad is going to need me. Um, I need to be in a better state of health if I'm going to be able to help them because my mother is only going to go one way with this terminal condition. It's only going to get worse. Mm. And if I'm exhausted and and not looking after myself, um, and if I'm sort of dealing with my stresses of the day by eating chocolate and drinking wine, I'm not going to be any good to anybody. You know, I thought I can't, I've got, I had a teenage daughter at that time. And as I say, she's, um, 20 now Mm. Um, and and that had its own challenges as it does with with teenagers. And I just thought I can't, I can't juggle all of this and carry on like I am. And then I thought to myself as well that not that it's it's related, but it really made me think that, you know, I'm kind of at that point I was heading to my 50s. And I thought I'm, you know, I didn't want to be. Fat at 40, but I was. I'm going to be fat at 50 if I don't sort anything out about myself. I thought I want to be fit at 50. I need to, you know, again, get, getting older. This is my kind of last chance saloon. I either sort this out now and have retirement years where I'm healthy enough to, to be able to do the things that I want to do. Or am I going to forever be panicking about going on an aircraft because I can't do up the seatbelt? I'm humiliated to ask for an extension. Mm. And I thought, this, Enough is enough. And so it was just a sort of culmination of these little things. And then I thought to myself, right, I, I'm going to get myself to a slimming group again. And, and that was what I did in, in January 2018. I, I joined a local slimming world group. So that was
1: your yeah, first sure. move was to join the group, yeah. And then, how often did you attend?
0: So it's a weekly process where you go and and you weigh in. It's all done privately, you know, so nobody knows your weight unless you choose to disclose it. Um, and you have a discussion around how your week's gone. Are you feeling in control or not in control? How can the group help you? Recipe ideas, that kind of thing. Um, so I found it very helpful. Um, so generally I did go every week. I missed very little and I expected at first that the weight would kind of drop quite quickly because I had such a lot to lose and, and that didn't happen. It was slower than I initially expected. I don't know why. It's it's one of those mm. things. And I thought this is a, a bit of a danger zone time for me now because if it doesn't start to happen, I'm gonna lose the face. <laughs> but within about four to six weeks it, it started to chip away and as soon as you sort of start to see yourself in in the next stone down bracket emotionally you start to feel better about it and it, you can see that you're having kind of a, a reward on the scales for mm. the effort that you're putting in and so I uh, went every week practically until June 2019 and that was when I reached my my target weight
1: Wow, that's that's great actually to do that in. So that's uh, you started in January, did you say?
0: Yeah, January eighteen, and I reached target in June nineteen. So
1: eighteen months. Wow, just about
0: eighteen months. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's incredible. And were there any dips there where you thought, "Gosh, I just can't do this," or did you feel motivated all the time? On the
0: whole, I felt motivated throughout. There are times obviously when there's a birthday or or a special meal or something going out on the holidays and that kind of thing where it becomes more difficult to remain focused. So I've had to really retrain my taste hmm. and rethink what I eat completely. That's not easy. That's,
1: that's so hard to do that. Um, well, like, in <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I in my view, there's a way. Yeah. And I just achieving my goal just became more important to me than it, it allowed me to make the choices that I needed to make to be healthy. And then of course, when you start to see that you can buy um, smaller sized clothes it's just an amazing feeling Mm. but I mean it it cost me a fortune because I I had to buy I I hung on as as long as I could with replacing clothing but you know you get to a point where it's you've got no choice you have to go into smaller clothing Mm. but yes I went from kind of 24 to 26 in trousers to 10 to 12 um, so, yes, you know, there, there's only a, a certain point up to which safety pins on, on trousers <laughs> are going <laughs> to do it.
1: Oh, my not gosh. Yeah.
0: Like, a, like a clown in, in your trousers. And But it's shoes. You know, You, mm. I was dropping shoe size, which nobody thinks about. No, you not I've had um, my wedding ring and engagement ring made bigger because I couldn't get them off. And uh, so I'd, I'd had them enlarged. And now I've had to have them made smaller again. And Mm -hmm. I'm very careful where I wear them now because they're loose again now. And so I could just sort of move Mm -hmm. my hand like that and and off (laughs) off they go.
1: Yeah, you don't want that to happen. What sort of impact do you think having that focus had on the whole process? Because um, I don't know if when you've tried previously, you'd had a focus What do you think the focus was? Was it your mother or was it the family? Was it the, uh, I don't know, was it the being able to wear different clothes? What was it that was different about the previous attempts? I think that's what I'm trying to ask.
0: Yeah, I think belief in myself that I could do it. And as I say, I, I just reached this point where I was thinking this was, My last chance now. Really, Mm. I really felt that I'd. I just reached that point that I was going to do it now forever, or it wasn't going to happen. Mm. Whereas before, I treated it as though I was going on a diet, and now, which was kind of temporary, it felt temporary. And then I thought I can go back to doing and having some of the things I want. So if I can just cut back on things now, get where I want to be, and then I can reintroduce. Well. I I can't because I have no stop button so my old habits are still there I still have to manage that within myself but I want to manage that in myself now because now I don't want to go back because I've just gained so much more why why would I want to go back What, what is a bar of chocolate going to give me really other than a few minutes Thinking this is nice while I'm eating it. Yeah,
1: you get you get a few minutes buzz, and and then there's that almost. Yeah. I don't know if you associate it with shame or guilt afterwards, but yeah, like you say, is knowing that you've got far more to gain from not having it. And, mm, that's that is such a fascinating story, and you know, head right out is all about encouraging women to head out of their comfort zone to take that leap of faith mainly in the outdoors. Now, what you have done, you really have stepped out of your comfort zone. You've you've battled something that you had struggled with for years and years and years, and you've pushed yourself and got yourself to a place where you are happy. But it's not just through a journey of dieting, is it? You have discovered a passion for the outdoors and for activity for moving your body so would you like to talk us through some of the things that you have been doing and i'd love to know when that started as well you know when did the getting into things start because i know that when people are overweight they don't always feel comfortable about you know heading out there and
0: being in the outdoors or doing activity i th- i think this is the thing now that drives me so for example, I no longer go to slimming world. I don't focus on the weighing scales anymore. Our weighing scales are broken and we haven't replaced them because that number on the scale is not what drives me now. So I feel like I've I've sort of shifted again in in what's important to me. But in August 2018 I made contact with a lady called Claire who runs a fitness group in Newport called Evolve Fit. And I kept seeing her fitness group on Facebook and little videos and and pictures, and it just looked like people were having fun. And there were people of all shapes and sizes, which I was surprised at because I thought that there wouldn't be people like me doing activity like that. But I didn't feel ready to actually go and walk into a class. I knew a lady who, who went to her classes because she had been our childminder, but she's a very fit lady. and um, So I thought, oh, I, I can't possibly say to her, can I come to one of the classes with you? Because I just, there's no way I can keep up. I mean, I literally couldn't really get myself down onto the floor and back up very easily. I, I really wasn't that mobile. Mm-hmm. And Claire, around that time, was starting personal training. And I thought to myself, that might be an option for me because I definitely feel like I need to start moving. Um, I haven't got a clue what to do in a gym, but uh, maybe she can help me. So uh, I decided to, to go to Claire because she was offering personal training slots and I think I got to her at just the right time because if I approached her now she wouldn't have the availability and I don't know now if she'd be so willing to take on somebody who was coming to her to say I need help because I literally haven't exercised since I was 16 and I left school and and now I'm I'm 48. So that's literally how long it was. Wow. So my husband came with me. I've got to say, Mark, my husband has just been incredibly supportive throughout all of this. He's never, ever criticised my size. He's done nothing but support me all the way along and... When I said to him, you know, I I feel like I need to get moving and to get fit and but I'm a bit scared. Will you come with me? And that was what we did. And we've carried on doing that. So we still go to Claire for personal training on a weekly basis. Wow. And a few months later, then I felt comfortable enough to go to the gym on my own. Claire was running a boot camp there and I could see other men and women on a boot camp circuit with her and I thought I'd love to get to the point that I can actually do that and she was saying well join us you know so once I thought no I I can do push-ups and and I can do sit-ups and you know I, I can move dumbbells and things like that and so it was probably about nine months into it that I joined her on oh. to a, a boot camp so that was just incredible really and um, and so that's something that I've periodically have joined and then I've joined in with her fitness classes as well uh, so she runs all sorts of things there's strong which is like a hit class and there's pound fit there, there's all sorts of things uh, so there's a real variety and I just love it. That The group of people are just, they're amazing and they've become some of the best friends you could have. People I wouldn't normally come across, they aren't nurses like I am. Uh, so we're from all different walks of life. We just wouldn't normally meet, but we've got a, a bond between us, you know, and, and it's just... I I honestly don't know what I would do without them now. And it's that that sort of drives me and just keeps me going with wanting to do the right thing to keep myself fit and healthy, of which nutrition is one thing. So I am no longer on on a diet. I am giving myself the right nutrition so that I can do the things that, that I want to do. And as part of that, Claire sets us different challenges and that's where getting outdoors has come into it.
1: Oh, do you know, this is making me so happy. I'm just, I'm smiling inside. I feel so lifted to hear what you're saying. And I mean, essentially what you're saying is you've said goodbye to the dieting and you've said hello to a completely new way of life because the nutrition, the activity, the being outside is now your way of life, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, what other what other outdoor things have you
0: been doing since? Been, uh, with a group of friends who were doing um, a canalathon challenge, which was the first challenge really that I was setting myself up to do, and I did that with much trepidation, having watched other people doing it before and thought, "Oh my goodness, what am I signing myself up for?" But it was a six mile canoe, then I think it was eighteen miles cycle ride and a seven mile walk or run uh along the Monmouthshire brecon canal
1: oh that's our canal <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's just it's fantastic it's a it's a beautiful route to go along as well yeah and gorgeous yeah we had fantastic weather so i learned to ride a bike and and i just sort of felt well i hadn't been on a bike since the last time i could remember was 1981 And and I thought to myself, I'd like to get back on a bike because when we've gone to centre parks and things like that, you know, my husband and daughter always had a bike and I would get on the land train if we went to Longleat because I couldn't manage the walking, really. And I I wanted to go there and be able to ride a bike. And then once I I took myself off to a charity in Swansea, Bikeability Wales, and within 15 minutes they had me cycling again. It's the best £20 that (laughs) I've spent unbelievable And uh, I just thought why why am I making such a big deal out of these things I just need to get on a bike and do it yeah. I can't do it and you know just then to think I can cycle 18 miles along a canal I mean I, this just would have been unheard of I just I would have been far too scared to try it it's incredible it's just, just so isn't.
1: incredible how is your confidence cycling on the road now? Have you have you
0: tried cycling on the road? Yeah, um, I'm not a great fan of it just because, you know, like in, in the autumn when there's leaves down and I'm worried about slipping and sliding mm. a bit on, on the leaves and that kind of thing, and you just don't quite know about the other road users. So yeah. I prefer to avoid that and have, you know, dedicated cycle routes and, yeah. and somewhere nice and picturesque. In the country rather than on the road. But and we've got lots of national
1: cycle network trails to follow. I'm not sure how far you are away from us here. But I mean, you know, the canal is a a national cycle network as well. But yeah. Oh, and you've you've learned to ski, I understand.
0: Yes, that's right. How is that? (laughs) Again, scary. My husband has always wanted to go skiing and I've never really liked the snow because I'm always scared of falling over because again it's quite difficult to pick yourself up off the floor when when you're that size. Mm. I, I was just filled with the fear of the humiliation of passers-by having to come and pick up this great big lump off the floor you know it's oh, just uh, yeah <laughs> and the thought was always no how can I possibly even think of taking myself skiing and then you know the clothing how on earth would I have fit into it um, I mean I couldn't get boots normal sort of boots to fit around my legs never mind then thinking about how on earth you I would get ski boots to fit mm-hmm. around me um but Skiing, we, we did. Um, so I was scared, but I did it. And I had some ski lessons. I'm not fast and it takes me a little while to build up my ski legs. But we've been a couple of times. We should have been going again in January, but um, it's not looking like that will happen with the, the situation in France. No. We, we were going into the Alps, so that might not happen. But, you know, I, I've got my own ski boots now. I've, I've got a nice, snazzy ski helmet. <laughs>
1: oh wonderful
0: it's just I've I've believed in myself that I can do it and I've just got to have the confidence to try I'm doing things now in my 50s I'm having the best decade of my life I know I'm 51 so I'm just kind of getting into my 50s but I feel like I'm just so much happier than I was in my 30s and 40s
1: I can hear it in you. I mean, you're just buzzing uh, with positivity, and it's fabulous. And you must find that this transfers into other day-to-day stuff, so things with family and with friends at work, in particular at work, you know, where perhaps you need to draw on resilience in you know the, some of those more difficult times that we're going through. have you How have you found that that's impacted? your day-to-day life with
0: those sorts of events? Again, it's, it's really interesting because from a work point of view, I sometimes questioned how people could look at me as a credible professional in healthcare when I was the size that I was. Uh, and this is, this is all part of the sort of self-loathing mm-hmm. and, and self-destructive thoughts that you have and not that anybody ever said anything that that made me that, that <laughs> nobody ever gave me cause to think that that's what they were thinking it's what i was thinking but now i i i'm not thinking like that anymore you know i i don't know whether i just might portray myself differently I I don't know I should ask people really if there's a difference in how I I behave and come across Mm, it would be interesting
1: to know wouldn't it
0: yeah because also yeah sorry go on I was going to say about um, the discipline now about managing your resilience and ability to to cope and manage your work-life balance because I wanted to get at the gym I wanted to make sure I was participating in the classes because I knew that emotionally that was going to make me feel better than me coming home and pouring a glass of wine and shoving an oven ready meal in in the oven and despairing about the day and life and the difference that you get from going to the gym and doing something productive well i mean it's just it has it has completely helped me to manage my stress and i used to think how do you find time to to go to the gym for an hour or well, now i think how did i not find the time because the difference it, it's made to me emotionally mm. as well as physically it's immeasurable it really is mm. so with that physical with the
1: physicality of your size came the mental health issues and the emotional issues as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to recognize, isn't it, that this is this is just your scenario. And I'm sure there's going to be lots and lots of listeners who will resonate with what you're saying. But there are some people out there who are plus size. They are bigger, but they choose to be bigger and they're happy being bigger. They're happy within themselves. So I think it is important for us to recognize that. And this is just your situation and what you needed to make you happy and to, you know, deal and help your own mental health. And I'm I'm so pleased for you that this has worked and that you have found a new life, a new way of enjoying your life and that your family can enjoy your life with you as well because it sounds like it impacted on on everybody
0: it, it really did and it's things that you don't think about you know things like I would always be influencing holiday choices days out choices because I knew that there were things I, I needed to avoid because of the, the potential for these humiliating situations and it, you know, things like sports day at, at school and doing the mum's race and mm. those sorts of things. They were just, oh, I used to dread them. I, I really did. Probably wanted to avoid them completely. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I can't get that time back with my daughter when she was little. I, I can't. I can only apologise to my husband for the The influence that I had on on the things that he wanted to do that I was afraid to do and I can just make up for it now and that's what we're doing you are a role
1: model for your daughter now I'm I'm absolutely certain of that and and I'm sure your husband must be so proud of you so I I I can't imagine for one minute that he has any regrets about what's passed and what's been missed, I think, is that, you know, it's probably more to the point is that you are both and your daughter as well enjoying what you have now because it's, yeah, it sounds like it's so full and there's so many opportunities out there for you now.
0: Yeah. It's it, wonderful. It's a, a strange thing because it's such a, a personal thing, but it becomes outward facing because it's physical and people can see what's physically happening to you and some people feel that they have the right to comment on it and that's strange too. How do you feel Um, about that? It depends on the the comments really you know I mean I'll talk to anybody about it as I say it becomes very obvious to people what's happening it's when people make assumptions about how how it must feel how you must have felt Um, as the larger size and and what it must be like to be losing weight and and people don't necessarily choose their words carefully they base what they're thinking on what it might be like for them Mm. rather than actually listening to you about what it's like for you as an individual and as you say this what's right for other people it is up to them isn't it
1: Mm.
0: I just reached a point where I I knew I had to do something differently
1: yeah I think it's quite common as well for people to put their own opinions and their own take on on something Uh, not just this but you know anything and it, it can be it can be to the detriment of the person that they're talking to sadly so yeah I think we all need to just take that moment to just have a little thought for what we're about to say and and the impact that it's going to have. It yeah, we our words can can mean a lot and and, and they they can hurt, can't they? Yeah, yeah, mm. true. So I I met you in the cafe in and <laughs> We were both on a navigation course. What direction had you gone in to say right?
0: I need to go or I want to go on a navigation course. I actually bought it as a birthday present for for Mark for my husband but it was all really coming down to a, an outdoor walk that we'd been on last year maybe gosh I'm losing track of time with the pandemic now might have even been a year before <laughs> it all blends but, into one doesn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> it does it does uh, we'd been on a, a guided walk in in the Brecon Beacons and I thought this is just so lovely and Mark had always been saying, you know, we've got such countryside around us that would be fabulous to explore. And I just was never in the the place that I could do that. But again, you know, wanting to be brave and thinking, right, let's get out and do it. Let's do it as a guided walk so that, you know, we don't have to worry about getting lost and and that sort of thing. And uh, we had a whale of a time, really enjoyed ourselves And then it was over the course of the pandemic, couldn't really go as far as we might have wanted to at that point. But we did some local walks. And then as restrictions have eased, we thought, well, you know, let's go and do that walk again in the Brecon Beacons because it was repeated. And then we thought, you know, actually, we remembered that route. We could do this alone, maybe. And Mark was saying he's done map reading before, just needed to refresh. I've never learned how to read a map. And I don't like to rely on him. I I mean, I could easily just say, well, you have the map and I'll just follow you. But I like to understand it myself as well. Mm. And so I thought, well, it's something, again, we can do together. It's a skill that I can learn from scratch and, and he can refresh himself. Uh, So in in the summertime, we'd been um, to North Wales, walking around in Snowdonia and just thought, you know, we really do need to do something about this map reading because, again, we were sort of restricted to guided walks and couldn't really get off the beaten path because we just didn't have that confidence. Mm. And when I was then looking around at the different options that there were, so I booked Mark and I onto the navigation skills course in Crickhowell, and we then a couple of weeks ago went and did a mountain skills training course. Oh, oh, fabulous!
1: So you've taken that a step further now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was great as well. So we did a lot of um, revision of navigation skills, and um, there was a lot more there about. Kind of route planning and clothing, mm. weather systems and food and nutrition and survival in the mountains. Should the worst come to the worst, and and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was it was really good, very enjoyable. Can weekend. I just
1: ask? You, I don't I don't know if you uh, what mountain you uh, were up in or if you were in hills. But did you face any fears when you were up there? Do you have any hang-ups
0: about heights or? steep edges or anything like that scree <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely I, I do not like the sort of of scrambling I still have a, a bit of a fear of well quite a big fear of falling hmm. Um. so yeah I, I'm very happy with going uphill because I've got the cardio fitness to manage it you see so I, I'm very happy sort of going up, up a, a good uh, incline uh, but when it starts to get very steep uh, and just occasionally where where you're on parts where you sort of get a bit crag fest and you can't go up and you can't go down mm. because you've just kind of got stuck been there the spot i got, you,
1: yeah i got the t-shirt it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> not nice it's not no. nice
1: how do you but, how do you talk yourself through that
0: well again i mean because mark is there with me he he knows my limits and he can read my face i i have a lot of confidence in in him being there and I suppose that's something that I should sh- challenge myself about as well doing things maybe without him being there
1: mm.
0: and that might be uh, that might be
1: something for you know maybe a new year's resolution or something one to try yeah there's no reason yeah. why not I know I'm in that place too uh, I need to go up a mountain on my own <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's all. Uh, he always says to me, and and the guy who was running the mountain skills course was saying, you know, have confidence in in your boots. And I'm I'm not unconfident in my boots. It's it's myself that I'm unconfident mm. in. But yeah, the thing is, coming down, I'm sort of getting a bit better at because if it's that steep, I'll just sit down on my bottom and and go down that way. If I'm mm. if I'm that worried about falling and learning it's like with skiing isn't it you know where you sort of you've got to go zigzag down, yes. down the mountain not, not just sort of head straight down so that you're not gathering up the speed as, yes. as you're rolling down the mountain kind of thing so it's yes. it's learning the the techniques and using your walking poles and, and that sort of thing yeah
1: there's a, a lot of really useful advice in there actually lots of good tips and you've done quite a a lot of hill walking recently haven't you
0: yeah, we had a challenge with Claire uh, and the, the fitness group, and uh, she wanted to, to raise money for charity uh, with us doing a, a fitness challenge. So, those of us on the boot camp, uh, about 15 of us signed up to do it, which was to walk up and down Penavan 10 times in 20 hours. In 20? 20. 20 hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So I put my heart and soul into training for this. Every bit of kit that I could have bought for myself, I had so many trial runs in different weather conditions where I, I realised where my kit wasn't up to scratch and I needed something better to give myself the best chance. So yes, I did a, a lot. So I think in it, this year I've walked up Penavan 28 times, I think. <gasps> Oh my gosh that's incredible. um, My hip actually on the day itself the the weather conditions were were horrendous if the wind had been much worse we wouldn't have been able to safely Mm. continue Uh, but yeah the the rain and the wind was just something else so it was it was hard going Uh, and my hip gave way and I, I had a hip bursitis and I just couldn't couldn't relieve the pain so Um, It just got to the point where I was sort of dragging my leg, really. So I I had to give up. Is that Um, something
1: you've recovered from
0: now? um, It's a lot better. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I would be interested to see what it's like if I were to repeat the exercise. Yeah, um, But, you know, I haven't given up on that mountain. I will be back. I will, <laughs> I will be back in 2022. Like the Terminator. I be I'll be back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. This is just so inspiring, I guess. I guess there's a couple of questions I have Maria because we are we're coming to the end of time but I could I could listen to you share these stories for ages because I know that we've only really touched the surface haven't we I mean there's so much in this maybe you should just write a book <laughs> or have a website you know where you write blogs or something there's 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 so much in this story of yours, this journey that you've been on that I've, I think is going to touch so many people and I'd, I'd just love to read more or hear more and um, yeah but I'm, I'm interested to know, apart from the physical aspect of your body, how have you benefited from this journey? Can you summarize in a nutshell, how has it benefited you apart from the fact that now you have a new body and you can wear different clothes?
0: Um, I like myself again I'm proud of myself I believe in myself I'm, I'm more confident in my abilities I'm not so scared of things I didn't realize I was scared of things but that's because I wasn't exposing myself to situations that might have caused fear and it just I, I'm just I'm I'm fulfilled i I feel alive. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: that is amazing. Mm, just have you having your life back is that's the biggest gift, the hugest gift that you've given to yourself, to you and your family. So sorry.
0: It's, it's so it's, it's so deep rooted. Cool. I, I I just this is the thing for me now you know i think swimming world did for me what i needed it to do it got me to where i need to be but now i'm i'm somewhere else and this is so much more than than about what the scales say every week it this is about me my my family my relationships the things that we can do it it's about living Oh, it is. Oh, I'm just, I'm so proud of you
1: and, and feel for you and feel all of this joy that you're experiencing now. So, wow. <laughs> just mop myself up. Um, <laughs> so, the, the last thing I need to ask you, Maria, is the question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, do you have a head right out moment? And It might be that it's something that you've already talked about or it could be something else or something small. But a moment that you have had in the outdoors where you have pushed yourself beyond what you thought you were capable of, you've pushed yourself out of your comfort zone, you've done it and you've benefited as a result. So do you have a head right out moment that you'd like to share with us?
0: It's got to be the Penavan challenge, I think, really, because... I know it's a very popular mountain. So many people go walking there. So many people think it's an easy mountain to walk, but it's not easy when you're trying to walk up and down it 10 times in in 20 hours. That needs real grit and determination to get through it. But we had such a lot of fun and camaraderie. And you just meet so many people on the mountain who are just amazed at, at what you're trying to do. And that really spurs you on. There are other people doing crazy challenges there. So it it feels like a a bit of a circus. So you feel like there's a bit of a community going Mm. on there that you're part of. My first real experience of walking up and down a mountain in the dark and in poor weather conditions, because normally I, I would stick to going in good weather and there was something Quite a moment when you you drive through the Brecon Beacons, and of course there's no light, and you know going up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. I mean, I just I can't believe really that I felt brave enough to do it. And the the walking partner that I was with, she's half my age, and we didn't really know each other, but we certainly do now. We're pouring our hearts out to each other, trudging up and down that mountain. And it's just been such an incredible experience. And then seeing all the other mountains around there and thinking, I don't just want to walk up Penavan. I want to see the rest of it. I want to be able to explore the rest of it. The the world, it's out there Mm -hmm. and, and I'm in the right place now to be able to do it. I just I just need to go and get it done. So you need to own the Brecon Beacons,
1: each each <laughs> one of those summits, and then the world's your oyster. <laughs> oh, wow, Maria, that is an incredible tale. And it's it's so empowering. And I can feel just everything that you're going through with your friend as well. I know that kind of walk and talk. It's almost like a therapy, isn't it? You, you tend to put the world to rights and you share everything. Yeah, it's an an amazing experience to be able to do that with somebody, even if you don't know them, like you say, you do now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, Maria, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before we close? Anything that you've not had the opportunity to talk about that you would have liked to have mentioned?
0: If there's a chance that I've inspired somebody to think, I'm ready to make that transition to a healthier life that would just make my day. Just be brave and, and do it. If I can help anybody, I, I'd be delighted to just share what's what's happened to me. And are you
1: happy for people to contact you on, on your yes, social media? Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: brilliant. Thank you. Where will they find you? Um, I'm on Twitter and and I'm on Instagram. And who? What i What are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> so,
0: who are I you on it? On? Is at Maria underscore m underscore Roberts. Okay, and I think Instagram is the same with two thousand and nineteen on the end.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Well, I, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pop those links in the show notes so that people can click on them and come to you if they have any questions or if they have any advice. Wow, Maria Roberts, this has been just empowering and inspiring. And Thank Yeah, you. I, I'm feeling so full of joy. And I know I had a few tears there, but that was <laughs> that was tears of emotion because I felt the 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 joy that you had reached from that very dark place a couple of years ago that you were in. And yeah, I just feel so pleased for you. And and thank you. Thank you for coming on Head Right Out and sharing that with us. I really
0: appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Oh, my
1: gosh. Those tears sometimes just grab you and you have no control over them. That I found that so moving, so emotional to hear To hear Maria's acceptance of herself, the way she now has pride in herself and she feels like she no longer has to hide away and isn't so scared of things. Her her courage now and zest for life to just get out there and try things is so encouraging and so refreshing. And I'm just so excited for her, really, really felt that something that Maria didn't say, because, I mean, there was so much she could have said and we just didn't have time for. But the fitness group that she did the Tenivan challenge with actually raised over £6,000 for Mind, the mental health charity. So, yeah, huge round of applause to the fitness group and to Maria because that's such a great focus when you're struggling with things yourself or when you need that motivation to get out there and do something active, to have a focus for yourself, but also a focus where somebody else is relying on you. That can really help too. I think something also I should mention here, and I I don't think Maria will mind me saying this, but in the email she sent to me at the very end, She says, thanks for the opportunity to speak to you. I don't feel very inspiring and my achievements are nothing compared to those of many others, but they have meant a world of difference to me. And that's the key. Maria, you are inspiring. And I know there's going to be a whole host of listeners that are going to be shouting at the speakers, going, no, or into their headphones, or just, you know, if they're running or walking, they're going to look like they're shouting to nobody. But they can be saying, no, you are inspiring. And the key is, is that what you have done has made a world of difference to you and your family. And that is the most important thing. That's what I find inspiring, that you have taken this step to do this thing that has lifted you, that has given you a new life it's given you the life that you wanted so many years ago but just didn't know how to get so huge congratulations all round for doing this thing for raising the money for creating yourself a new life not that I want to sound like I'm on tv or radio or anything but if you have been affected by any of the issues that we've discussed please seek help go and talk to a medical professional, talk to a friend, or if you just want to touch base with Maria and get some advice or find out how she felt about certain things, she said she would be happy for you to contact her. But please, if you need proper help, go and seek professional advice. Okay, this week's Head Right Out moment has come from Tesney. It's so relevant, I felt, to some of the themes that Maria was talking about with needing to do things on her own. And also, it's interesting because Tesney says a very similar thing to what Maria said at the end of her email. Tesney says, I wanted to share my story with you. It's not big, but I was very proud of myself. These things that we do, they don't have to be big. They can be micro bravery moments you know to head out of your comfort zone it can be small it doesn't have to be massive for some people I say this over and over again for some people it might just be stepping outside the front door so here is Tesney's head right out moment for years now I've been interested in the southwest coast path and knew I'd likely not have time to through hike it or have anyone to do it with so dismissed the idea to one day. Then during Covid lockdown 2021 I thought maybe I should just start in bits and see how I get on by myself. I'd never walked more than eight miles on a hike before and definitely not regularly or on coastal hills. I'd also never planned and taken a trip by myself before. I'd always gone with someone on holidays etc. It felt like something I needed to do for myself. Once the world opened up again, I loved my first leg from Minehead to Ilfracombe. I took public transport and carried my stuff between B and B's. I had my first time eating in a restaurant alone, and although it was weird, I actually enjoyed it. I learnt so much about myself on that trip and what I was capable of. It was hard. My body wasn't used to walking so far and for several days, but I persevered even when I just wanted to give up or cry. I also met some wonderful people along the way and made a new friend to share some of the walk with. I was filled with joy being out on the path, even when it was tough, and I felt whole. Once I arrived home, I eagerly planned my next trip to Westwood Ho, Sadly, this didn't go quite to plan due to blisters, but I did get as far as Braunton, and I camped by myself, so that was another new experience that I'm so proud of, despite originally seeing myself as a failure for giving up. I finally made it to Westwood Ho in October. This section I did with someone I met on an all-women beginner canoe trip down the length of the Wye, which was another scary first with new people, new skills and new places. We had the best time, despite it being a fairly dull part of the path. And we are already planning the next leg to Bude together. I shall then be taking on north and hopefully west Cornwall, this spring and summer by myself. But I know I can do it now, and I can't wait. Oh, Tesney, that was incredible. I am so, so pleased for you. And yes, doing section hiking is just as good and just as important for you as getting out there and doing a through hike. If you haven't got time to walk for six, seven weeks on end, then do it in sections. Do it like three days, five days, a week at a time. Just do whatever you can manage. And acknowledging and recognising that your body is so capable of taking you these distances and doing things that you were far out of your reach previously. This is just so empowering. Thank you. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for coming along and supporting Head Right Out. Next week, I'm talking to Sue Plasto, who has another very touching story. It's uplifting. There's some sadness there. But generally, the, the whole episode feels positive And she is on this wonderful life adventure that has been ignited even more by some personal circumstances. So I hope you'll join me again next week. Have a great week and head right out hugs to you all.